Not everybody can handle psychology. Not its source material, humans. Not its learning material. Not its inevitable path forward. Reading about human suffering, listening to people reveal their inner demons or their painful experiences, is not a challenge lightly accepted. So I have often thought, what kind of person would do it? Obviously, I have previously spoken with other psychologists, but when I was at university where I studied politics, the psychology course started with 200 students, all positive and looking forward to their experiences, but finished with about 30. This was just the first year. In Anna is a variant I had not considered. You could tell from her responses how positive a person she is, positive and experienced and aware. I could also add to that list determined, active and ambitious, but these terms are not what drive her. She's passionate about what she does, why she does it, and for whom. She will finish her book in 2024. She will begin a second round of her women's group in March, and she's working on her social media profile to bring her work to a wider audience. Thank you, Anna, for your time, and I look forward to the next episode. Enjoy. I'm really happy to say that I'm joined by Anna, who is a debutant on my podcast. Anna, how are you? I'm fine. Thank you very much. How are you? Fine. Thank you. Thank you. Um, one of my basketball teammates, Ty, who's also been on the show, he's a poet, he introduced us a few weeks ago. Um, and it's interesting because I've always wanted to speak to somebody in your area. Um, and so this was great that such an opportunity was just presented to me. So your area of expertise is psychology. Yes, that's right. Thank you very much for having me. And it's also been a secret wish of mine to speak on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, I'm also very happy that this opportunity came my way. Thanks for having me. <laughs> it's a pleasure to have you. Um, and yeah, I kind of, we've talked a little bit outside of the podcast and um, we both have many different interests. In some cases, those interests really do converge. Um, but you work on many projects. Would you like mm -hmm. to talk about some of them before we jump into our main theme for the day? Beforehand, I was working like, um, yeah, as a quote-unquote normal em employee at the Red Cross. And uh, then I started my own projects. Uh, and I would say mainly I'm a psychologist who is like counseling and accompanying people on their journeys. Uh, that can be one-on-one -on -one or on in seminars. And on the other hand side, I'm a writer. So I've been writing since since I was a child. And um, yeah, this year started to actually like uh, dedicate some time to writing again and starting to write a book, which I hope that I can 
maybe now, now I'm <laughs> now I'm being courageous here, but maybe can publish next year, and uh, which is also related to psychology and uh, to the fields that I'm interested in. Like this is mainly uh, about empowerment and um, making um, yeah conscious decisions. I would say, which is like a process, like people sometimes refer to it as, as a decision that you can do, like the decision to be authentic or the decision to make a free decision. Uh, for me, it's like uh, I, I consider it more complicated <laughs> and a lot of work that has to be done to, to get to that place. And I'm happy to yeah um, help people um, yeah access that, that point of freedom or of consciousness. Yeah, I think it's great. There are a lot of similarities um, for our missions. I mean, I do mine in an amatorial context. You do yours in a professional context, uh, but uh, essentially trying to find ways in which I can facilitate and help other people reach their goal, even though I would perhaps only be a very small brick in the wall, um, whereas you would present a far more supportive structure for helping them to put together whatever it is that they, they wanted to achieve. Um, I find it fascinating because you say uh, it's it's not as easy as we would like it to to perhaps be to say I'm going to make my own decision I'm going to be free I'm going to liberate myself from all of the the stress and dependencies that I've built up in my life because um, we are so interconnected with the, the fabric of society it's sometimes hard to pull away isn't it yeah it's incredibly hard <laughs> And I mean, often, often people do have to suffer to actually get to a point where, where you are like, oh, you know, I, I, I really can't do it anymore like this, or I'm, I'm losing my strength, I'm losing uh, my, my joy, or I'm, um, I can't go about my everyday life anymore, or, or shit, this thing is happening to me again for the hundredth time now. <laughs> There must be something more to it. And I mean, you, you kind of have to get to this point where you really want to change something to be yeah to um have the capacity to to look look at it and um to look at your pattern that is like directing you or on your belief system or whatever it is that you learned along the way sometimes it's society um but mainly it's also like um patterns or behaviors you learned growing up from your family teachers kindergarten teachers like they are all we are so vulnerable when we are young and um so we get shaped by all these influences and which is perfectly fine it's not a mistake or anything about guilt or none of these it's just a normal aspect of life but if at one point you desire to to be more free from that because maybe some of these things are not serving you anymore they may have been serving you well in the past but now they can maybe stand in your way for achieving the life that you wish for and then it's time to to yeah maybe get some help from friends family from a psychologist um from whatever is of support for you and have a look at uh yeah a bit deeper <laughs> yeah obviously it's going to be difficult for us to venture into the the depth as it were of of the psychology of change or the need for change, um, because it's there's just such a, a vast topic for us to to look at. I mean, as you were talking about change there, it, it kind of struck me. I, I remember reading many 
uh, articles and books. And, and one thing which people point out is the only thing that is constant is change. So um, when we go through our lives, our perspectives change. The way we perceive ourselves changes as well. Um, and sometimes we struggle with with that. And this, I suppose, brings into question identity. Who am I? And, and that may be a discussion point we would like to look at further on. Um, but it, it, it is quite a relevant issue today. Uh, it, who am I and what do I want? And then how do I get it is a completely different topic. Yeah, I, I mean, especially today, identity becomes more and more uh, present with people because uh, as a functioning member of society, <laughs> I would say, like, uh, you kind of have to wear an identity. Uh, if you if you were alone, you, you there would, wouldn't be a need for identity. You could, like, go back to the basics, go back to the emotions and the needs, and you don't have to bundle it up to represent something. You would live from moment to moment, basically. That's quite, quite a Buddhist view of point, I would say, like um, Buddhist psychotherapy is working with that approach um, that is like more focused on what's there at the current moment and is like um, going away from everything that's related to, to a concept. And so in the end, identity is also kind of a concept that you are building. It's also a way to function in this world. Like our society is super complex and we have to navigate our ways through it. We have to filter so many information and it's becoming more and more. And uh, identity is kind of a, a way to, to help you uh, to define your role and um, make the decisions like all these micro decisions that we are uh, taking in one day, <laughs> which are hundreds. Um, yeah, identity can be helpful to to navigate there. Mm. And is there a connection? And I'm just throwing a, a, a thought here. Is there a connection between identity and empowerment, or are these two completely random things in in psychology? I mean, you could make a connection certainly. The approach would be, why am I behaving like this? Why do I have a certain need or why do I uh, display a certain behavior? And um, you understand that this is not random. This is not something that's happening to you, but this is tied to your history. Like you have reasons to behave in the way that you are behaving. And the psychology is looking at it. Um, so it's actually a tool to understand where you are coming from and understand why why are you suffering from a certain situation or a certain thing or a certain behavior even that, that you that you are not comfortable with and their empowerment would be like hey because i'm able to understand it i can now see where i'm at and i can choose differently and i can choose in a way that serves me and that i desire and that brings me joy and uh, contentment and so so this would be like the um psychological approach i would say um or therapeutic approach in a in a in-depth way and looking at identity uh perhaps identity can also be a tool for you to empower you because you can say like um i mean identity is kind of created it's not it's not something that that you are born with um it's 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 relating to the context that you are in as well and it's it's shaped and you can also actively shape it and um so it can be a tool for you to empower you when we talk about empowerment there are so many different angles that we can approach the topic from 
Um, I, I tend to think of empowerment nowadays from the perspective of gender equality, um, especially in feminism, in the goal of creating a situation under which women can have a more fair representation of their true abilities within society. But empowerment doesn't necessarily have to have any kind of gender politics involved either. It can be very individualistic. What is your main focus on empowerment or is that unfair? Do you have many focal points with uh, empowerment? Yeah, that, that's an interesting question. Like, uh, because when you when you refer to um, gender in society, um, in this sense, identity is also like used to to navigate that struggle, like to fight for rights, for example, to fight for acceptance, like to being empowered in relation to the people around you like being empowered because you are saying like hey i i'm 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 not agreeing to that what's happening around me and i want to change it like this is my this is my purpose or this is my mission at that moment and my focal point would be like um the process within the person like maybe for example there is a person who wants to do a certain thing or achieve a certain thing or maybe even fight for gender equality or, or wants to be seen and then my question is like what what keeps the person from acting on it what makes the person hold back and why is the person not uh, fulfilling their own uh, purpose and that's where my focus point on empowerment is like how, how can i help people getting to fulfill what is their inner core and what they want to take into the outside world. And how do you establish this? Um, I guess it's not simply a question of what do you want to do? Okay, let's go and do it. I imagine there's there's a bit of a process behind it, isn't there? Yes, definitely. And I, I do think it's a lifelong process, actually. And um, probably, like you've been talking about change before. I, I also have to get the sense that also that your maybe your purpose or in the way it's showing in the outside world can change over your life uh, span, like uh, or your focus, what you're actually following, or how you're following it. Um, and uh, so for every person, it's a bit different. Like some people have to do a lot of work. Other people just need a little bit. Like. <laughs> Um, and it all starts with if you are facing trouble, like any kind of obstacle, I would say, in, in, in your life now, um, then you can start at that obstacle and go from there and go deeper from there. So it may for every person, it may show in a different way. Like for one person, it may be like. Hang on, I, I was a painter and I can't pick up my pencil since six months now. So we go from there and we are looking for, for the reasons. Um, and for another per, person, it might be, might be like, oh, I'm a workaholic and I can't stop. <laughs> and uh, so th then you can see and look behind, okay, what's, what's the fear behind uh, changing something? And what's the fear that keeps the person running and um, following this old pattern? And... Um, so you always start at the current thing that's surfacing and then you go on a journey that goes deeper. And I don't know where it takes us. Like, I don't know either. Like mm. every person is so different. 
and it may be that we meet once and it can also be that we meet 10 times um so every journey is different i've i've heard this in a number of different contexts it's a bit like stress so for some people the the consequences of stress can manifest themselves in different ways for some people they get a rash for other people they uh they can't sleep um uh, for other people they feel certain kinds of pains and aches and so on so as you say it's very individualistic how people find the problems and how, and the consequences that they suffer thereafter so with regards to looking at it from the, the perspective then of, of empowerment and and if we take the i like the workaholic example um because i think a, a lot of people nowadays when we talk about identity they connect identity a lot with what they do um so when i normally meet people for the first time i ask them okay can you tell me about yourself they'll tell me their name they'll tell me their age and then they'll tell me their what their job is um and so therefore what we do seems to be universally quite highly reflected in our identity or at least our self awareness because of the stress that modern society puts us under workaholic or people who want to work or have feel they have to work it's a it's a growing phenomenon which really leads to other kind of health risks and other uh, physical and psychological consequences what do i have to realize and i know this is as we said before you can't generalize in, in for, for everybody but is it fear of losing my job or fear of being overtaken by other people or is it something completely different perhaps that i have to realize before i can empower myself to say that's it i'm not going to work this like this anymore i mean you can always say that's it without realizing it and i would <laughs> <laughs> i would say this will, will not be lasting um so it's always worth understanding why we are doing the things that we are doing and um either of the explanations you mentioned before is a possible one but we don't know with that person like there can be so many different reasons um but this is like exactly like we have these inner drivers that drive us like they can be like oh, i'm okay if i'm perfect so i try to do everything perfect all the time i'm very detail oriented i do my work 150% and everything is perfect i'm on the constant stress for making it perfect or uh, i can have the inner driver i have to work hard and you, as you said before it's very tightly clued to the identity in our society because we are valuing work a lot and we uh, connected to all kind of stereotypes that are in our head like status and income and uh, if the person is like smart or not smart like they're all like you you mentioned your job and the, <laughs> and there's a complete picture about that person <laughs> like um, and we cannot help ourselves it's normal stereotypes are just coming up the brain is using them for energy saving doing some shortcuts and uh, it's normal but in the second step we can readjust and that's that's actually psychological work like at first there are automatisms and in the second step you can readjust and that's that's the step where power comes in again where you actually actively choose something but for that you have to be aware 
if you're not aware, you cannot choose. And this is like with all psychological topics, like awareness is at least 50% of the work. Like if you have done this step to become aware of something, then that's the hardest one. And after doing that step, you can you can actually work with what, what you realized. And um, yeah, this example with, with a workaholic, there will be an inner driver um, working that person. So an inner driver is always there to protect us in the first place. So we don't feel okay, but we think if we do something perfect, or if we work hard, or if we adapt, or if we are fast, or whatever the inner driver is, uh, then then we will be okay. So it's actually fear-based. It's always some kind of fear that's working. Uh, and uh, then you can see, okay, well, how is it serving me? Why is it serving me? Why, why do I have it in the first place? Who gave me that feedback as an as a young person uh, that I'm okay if I'm just working hard enough? And uh, yeah, and then as soon as you kind of befriend <laughs> that inner driver and uh, go in an interaction and in communication with it, then then you can slowly uh, create some space for yourself and alternative ways of of um, acting and uh, you're not only a victim anymore but you see okay this is happening I know that I experienced it a lot of time I know that inner bully that's pushing me there right now <laughs> and I know he's, he's meaning well he's meaning well he doesn't intend to do something harmful but it's actually not not working for me at the moment and I want something else and then I can take a decision it's also interesting when I reflect, I, and I have to say, I'm skipping over lots of notes that I've made here because the, the topic can just go in so many different directions. Um, but just picking up on, on some of the things that you, we, we've mentioned, I find it interesting how Generation Z and Generation Alpha approach work or the concept of work, because whenever I read material about human resources, management and so on, a lot of people say, OK, Generation Z, they want to work to live. They don't want to live to work. So what that kind of says to me is that they don't want to be identified by uh, the job that they do. And they feel themselves empowered enough that they can make that decision. Is there a psychological difference then between the way these generations approach life? Is, or is that even possible to ask? For me, it's actually I have the impression that they are even they may use work less as a status or as a part of um, proving their own worth. <laughs> um, but but I, I do think that for them, it's often especially um, important to do a work that's actually purposeful and that's making a difference. And they may not count the hours of how many hours they are working or, or how hard, but maybe they are more um, goal oriented or like uh, result oriented to see like, hey, is my work actually making a difference? Because, I mean, we have like an employee market <laughs> at the moment. That means like people are less under pressure to actually uh, get, find a job. Like people know that there are loads of jobs and a shortage of work. So it's actually, I think this is also um, helping that development to be, yeah, to, to uh, that makes it possible that this development can happen because people are less under pressure from the market and that actually puts these young people in a position without pressure where they can say, hey, I really, I really want to take a look like how can I serve and how can I do something 
meaningful and purposeful and I've, I've maybe seen my parents and my grandparents and I know that they've been stressed I know that they've become sick from work and sick from stress and I'm not stepping in their footsteps and having a 40 50 hours a week and um, risking my mental health but I'm actually knowing that mental health is a topic because that's also something that really has changed a lot in the last few years that we are talking about mental health now like uh, in times where I was living in, in England and visiting Australia as well uh, I was surprised that like, that was like 10 years ago and people were talking about mental health and I was like oh in my home country Germany nobody is talking about that I mean we can we can get it from uh, from the health system we can get so, um, psychological support it's actually paid for but nobody is talking about it and um, so this is changing here right now and I, I think that this is also a reason why younger people are um, aware of this and are able to choose a healthier lifestyle. It does seem to be still a bit of a taboo topic, as you say. Um, maybe it's interesting that you say that in, in the UK or in Australia, it was less of a taboo a few years ago than it was in Germany. I, I, I still feel that it's it remains a taboo even in the UK. Um, even today, people don't want to openly discuss their, their weaknesses so much. Um, and, and mental health issues always fall into the category of this is a weakness of some description. Um, but we are quite happy to talk about, oh, yeah, my I hurt my knee or I, I can't walk anymore or my back hurts. Uh, but we don't want to talk about mental stresses. And, and I find that quite, quite interesting, as you yeah, as you point out. It's interesting. OK, I we can keep talking. And, and I know that this is the this is one of the things that I, I tend to have as a problem. But um, if we want to then wrap up as it were um what is your project work then on empowerment where what direction are you taking um and what can we look forward to seeing from you in the near future um yeah it's just i would love to do one more reference before we wrap please up please just, <laughs> just mentioning the, the back pain uh and like how we use our bodies. Uh, I mean, our bodies are always reflecting our soul. This is like normal. This is one one level is the physical, the other one is the emotional. But also as a, in society, we kind of like went more for the body because it's more accepted. But it's also like always worth listening to it. Like especially when it comes to emotions. Like for as I was saying before, everybody's in a different place. So the work with different people looks differently. For some people, it's even the question: How can I actually access my emotions in the first place? Because I don't feel it. I don't feel them. I, I don't feel fear. I, I'm, I don't have any access to the things I'm scared of because I, I, I don't feel scared. I never feel scared. <laughs> and then, then you, you, you have a look at the body. If people are carrying a lot of tension in their bodies. It's very difficult to feel fear because fear is actually uh, emotion that creates tension that creates tension in a body. So if you are under a lot of stress and tension anyway, it's very difficult to differentiate. 
And so you have to work with people, okay, how, how is it showing in your body? Oh, maybe it's a certain um, back pain in a certain place that appears. And then you know, like, ah, this is my sign for fear. <laughs> like, this is my hint. This is what I'm feeling at the moment. So it's also like uh, the body is like something to access the deeper meaning of it. And when the body is like showing us something, and if it's a back pain or whatever is uh, accepted by society, there's also... Um, valuable content behind it. That's that's what I wanted to say. Um, I'm just um, working on an Instagram channel where I uh, yeah drop little bits of knowledge and some uh, <laughs> kind of like a, yeah maybe um, some uh, th thoughts and knowledge from yeah in regards of psychology and um, where I also yeah am open to being contacted for um, sessions for working on uh, empowering yourself. I'm also at the moment I'm doing a group for women every Tuesday night um, that's also about creative work and empowerment and uh, to access this place in yourself this is like independent from society from beliefs from demands that come from the outside and really like finding this sheltered and resourceful place in, within yourself and create from there And um, this group is wrapping up now in January, but I definitely will start a new group in March again. And um, yeah, hopefully also my book next year. So um, just marching on. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Um, yeah, great to hear about this. Uh, obviously your book, um, uh, that will be in German, I guess, though, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh, but that's schaffisch. Yeah. Sorry. So I'll, I, I, no, it's okay. My German is all right. I don't know about the other people listening, but uh, yeah, um, I, I, sh I should be able to manage at least the introduction. Um, no, just okay. Um, but yeah. Okay. Also, this group. It'll be great to have some more details I can put into uh, the podcast notes then, um, as kind of a little mini advert for your group in March then. Mm -hmm. um, and great. also, I'd love to have your uh, Instagram handle as well. Uh, if you tell me where people can find you on Instagram. Um, and then, yeah, speak with me again, please, about some of the other topics that you mentioned uh, when we were discussing this uh, previously. Um, yeah, thank you. Two and a mic.